You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, it's Danny. So bear with me today. I shot my voice um, doing a party bus. So um, I actually don't know if I've ever even told this story, but the reason why my voice is so um, like kind of like raspy, it didn't used to be like that. Um, I had this crazy fucking ex who legit used to inject me with steroids. And if you're familiar with steroids, um, Tren is like a very like heavy duty steroid that's basically like just for men and it changes your vocal cords it thickens them and it drops your voice so that is why my voice is lower now and like raspy and why this week my voice just like shot to shit because I had a party bus for work and then I had just come back from New York on Tuesday of um last week and then I interviewed a couple of people for the podcast for upcoming episodes, and it's just giving out on me. So bear with me today in my raspy ass voice. But um, yeah, I got back from New York last week, so I've just been kind of recuperating this um, past few days. And it was actually really fun. I went there with the intention of working with a few of my girlfriends. And I ended up working at a club that was kind of like an underground lounge, not like a hooker, like (laughs) brothel. Um, But the men have to pay a certain amount to have access to that lounge. They have to pay like an annual fee. So it's quite um, like a invite only setup and you wear a dress and you like cocktail dress and you walk around the lounge and um, the men approach you for dances. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a different vibe in the clubs I worked at, but, uh, hustle's a hustle and you still sell dances. Dances were $20 American, no tip out, but your floor fee was 140. And then my Uber to get there was $75 American one way. So I was paying, you know, $290 American to go to work, (laughs) which was something like to get used to. Uh, considering my floor fee here is fifty dollars, um, or sorry, forty dollars Canadian, so that was um, not the best thing to learn. But yeah, and it was it was it was good. It was decent money, um, more than I would make here, which was nice. Plus, everything's in American, so that exchange rate um, really, really was a benefit. Uh, yeah, so my first night, I got in on Tuesday. I worked that night, and made really good money, made bank, and it was on like a high. And then uh, the second second night I worked, when we had one of our girlfriends, our third girlfriend, join us, and she wasn't able to get hired, so we ended up taking that night off. And then the third night I was gonna work, and I pay for the cat or pay for the Uber, get there, and I realized I don't have my ID, and you can't work without your ID. So I was like, okay, do I pay an extra hundred fifty dollars to do a round trip, go get my ID, come back, or do I just? accept defeat and go and have some drinks with my one girlfriend who wasn't working so I ended up doing that my one girlfriend who originally was working with me she worked that shift and then me and the girl who didn't get hired ended up just going for drinks and, and setting up in a lounge so I had one really good night and then I had two complete fucking busts and then I had two more decent nights and then I also realized that um SA seeking arrangements um, are much better in New York. It was so easy to find guys. 
ended up getting pretty lazy and only taking up one guy on an offer. So he paid me $400 American to go for like a quick appy for lunch midday, which was nice to add a little money in my pocket with that. You try to do that here in Vancouver and guys are like, mm, you get a meal. Like, do I have to pay you? You're like, bitch, you don't think I can buy my own fucking meal? Um, but in New York, I guess just people have money there and they get the hustle and they appreciate the hustle and they don't have an issue spending it, which is funny because I'd read a lot online on like my stripper sites and stripper Instagrams that New York was like a total waste of time. And me and my girlfriends totally found the opposite, but maybe these people don't work in Vancouver, but, um, we found it much better than Vancouver. The hustle's a lot easier out there and the money was a lot better. The one thing we did realize was that the guys out there really um, expect, or at least the club we were at, they really expected like a girlfriend experience. So they wanted you to sit a little longer with them. They wanted you to act like this was a legitimate lounge and you were here not working. Uh, They really wanted that experience, which is a little different than the clubs here in Vancouver, but still um, an easy hustle nonetheless. Yeah, so then we end up trying another club we're like you know what fuck it let's try one more club maybe there's even better money somewhere else and we might want to work the last couple nights at a different club so we auditioned for another club we got there and it was like this decrepit old man and he was pretty fucking unfriendly sent us to the back room and there is an old lady in the back room who was extremely unfriendly made a comment about my girlfriend's weight was just like quite fucking rude and just like your like New Jersey rough accent, I'm like, this is so cliche. Uh, the girls there looked um, different than I would have expected at that strip club because it's quite well known. And I'd read online that the girls were really hot and they were um, really picky with who they chose, but maybe I just came on their B-list night. Uh, me and my girlfriend were both quite taken aback by um, the talent we saw or lack thereof and um, then they tell us we can't wear what we're wearing so we have to buy um, an outfit from them quite a money grab then we have to do a dance on stage in the like the general area so everyone's getting a free show so the main guy can watch us we do two song dance each pulls us off stage tells us to go get our bags we go to the back room. We're getting our bags. The lady in the back room says, oh, he's not hiring you? Uh, we're like, no. She's like, I'll go talk to him. Because even she was like, what the fuck? They're not being cocky, like, but <laughs> the girl I went with is a beautiful girl. I do okay, like, comparatively, especially to the women they had hired. Um, but, yeah, so then he pulls us back and goes, actually, yeah, we can't hire you because you're leaving on Tuesday. I just was like, okay. So we just walked out and my girlfriend was like, oh, did you tell him like we were leaving on Tuesday? I'm like, yeah, he knew that the minute we walked in the door and that fucker still let us one, buy an outfit and waste our money and two, like get naked and dance for him. I'm like, ugh, gross. This is why strip clubs should be run by women only. But anyways, that's a whole nother topic. So overall, New York was good. Um, that one club was a fucking bust. They were just rude and I'm not feeling it but we're trying to maybe go back in a few months and stay for a month and just feel it out and try some different clubs so I'll keep you posted on how that goes Uh, but overall yeah I'd recommend going to New York if you know how to hustle it's easy money I found it very easy my girlfriends found it easy and uh, especially just find the club that will hire you and your look that's the one thing I noticed about 
um, New York and I was warned about the A4 is that it's quite segregated. You know, um, certain ethnicities do well at certain clubs. So just kind of looking into that and doing your research and seeing what club would hire you, what club you would do best at. Um, (laughs) It's so funny. So I was in the bathroom with my girlfriend who came with me and at the one club that we stayed at. And I read things online about, like, you know, things that strippers do that regular girls don't do. And at one point, um, I was doing a dance for a guy. This is going to sound really gross. But, like, I could, like, smell vagina. (laughs) Which I know you all know what the fucking smell is. And I could smell it. And I was like, okay, I don't... Like, I'm pretty adamant about not smelling bad at work. Like, I I douche and I, you know, I have a pussy spray and I, I like smelling good. I always smell like vanilla. And I was like, I don't usually smell like puss, like pussy. And I, like, went to the washroom with my girlfriend. I was like, hey, can you, like, do you, like, smell me? Can you smell me? She's like, oh, she's like, do you want me to, like, smell your fingers? <laughs> so we're, like, in the bathroom. I'm fingering myself and, like, letting her smell them. <laughs> and we're, like, only, like, strippers would be like, yo, you want to, like, finger yourself and I'll smell it? Like, and just, like, not be bothered at all. That's how you know you have fucking solid friends that will smell your pussy fingers and tell you if you smell good or bad. Um... Yeah, so that was, like, I was just laughed so hard. And we, like, both looked at each other and were like, yeah, cool. <laughs> this is our life now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, New York was fine. I would recommend it um, definitely for, like, escorting, getting paid lunches and, and keeping company with men. Uh, easy, easy sell out there. Uh, much easier than Vancouver. Another uh, hustle I've been doing is my OnlyFans. I talked about it briefly. Um but I was kind of wanting to cam work, but then I was like, you know what, fuck it. I fucking hate cam work. It's too much work. It's too much interaction. I already hate interacting with people. So um, I started my OnlyFans, and it's, one, it's an American money, so works out well for us Canadians. And they take a 30% cut, which sucks, but it ends up being the exchange rate. So, you know, that's fine. Just consider yourself, like, breaking even. And I... What I'm doing right now, and my suggestion to those interested in doing OnlyFans, is that you do teaser shows and then offer longer personalized videos for money. So my videos range between um, $150 to $250 per video, and a video is usually five to ten minutes long. Um, and yeah, I've been I've been doing pretty well on that. Um, surprised at how easy it is. I don't have to really message anyone unless they want a video. No one's like bothering me like they were on Snap when I was doing Snap Premium. OnlyFans is definitely what I would suggest right now for online work. Unless you, like my girlfriend Ashley that came on for cam work, unless you can really dedicate a lot of time to it and be lucrative like, like she's thought it to be, I would recommend OnlyFans. And um, yeah, and then I had... <laughs> I had a message come into my OnlyFans and it said, um, the only thing hotter than a like sexy girl is a sexy girl you went to high school with. And I was like, okay, maybe that's just like his line to anyone. And I was like, sorry, what was your name? And it ends up it was legit like a guy I went to high school with. So I was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, it was so fun. I was like, sure, I'll take your money. Um, nice to see you're still a fan, you know, 10 plus years later, getting old. But anyway, OnlyFans was a hit. New York was a hit. Down for both of them. Uh, if you guys remember a couple episodes ago, I talked about this goofy-ass guy on Seeking Arrangements named Carter who um, made a date with me, said he'd pay me really good money, booked me on a Thursday, never got back to me until like half an hour after our date time telling me that, oh, he thought we weren't on again. Ended up asking for another chance. In my gut, I was like, this guy's a goof, but I'll give him another chance. I messaged him in the morning saying, you know, are we confirming for tonight? Um, he confirmed the night before, so I was like, I don't trust this guy. 
Confirm again. No, no response. Confirm two hours before the date. Hey, if I don't hear from you half an hour before the date, I'll assume you bailing again. Did not hear from him. He read it the next day. No response. He's a fucking write-off. I fucking hate seeing arrangements in Vancouver. If anyone has better experiences, please let me know. If anyone's dealt with this Carter guy, uh, let me know. I don't mind calling him out. He sounds like a fucking loser. I gave him two chances. I'm bitter. <laughs> yeah. What else happened recently? Oh, there's this girl at my club. I don't have problems with most clubs, with most girls. But there's this one girl, and she's a newer dancer, and she just has this arrogance about her, and she has not earned that. Um, and there's a rule around the stage that you don't pull clients away from the stage. Of course, when a girl's on stage, you respect that's the show and they're engaging in it. A regular of mine was sitting at the stage, and he waved me over. I gave him a hug while she's dancing. She comes up and starts sna- like clapping her heels together in front of his face and glaring at me. So I just kind of roll my eyes, hug him, and walk away. Like, is, am I that much of a threat to you that I'm hugging a regular of mine in your club? Like, in your front row. Who wasn't even caring to watch you anyway. A couple, um, a couple like, hours later in the night, she's doing another set on stage. And a gentleman had already given me money for me and a girlfriend to go for a dance with him. But she was still upstairs coming back down from another dance. But he'd already given me the money. So when he saw me downstairs, I wanted to confirm with him, hey, like, I, I know I have your money. She's coming down any second. We'll go for that dance. Of course, he was in the front of the stage and he was staring at me being like, hey, where's my money? Are we not going for a dance? So I just walked up to him and said, hey, I do have your money. We're going for a dance. I promise. I'm just waiting on Rose to come back down. And uh, once again, this girl comes up and she like squats down in front of him and like shakes her head at me like, no. And I just like rolled my eyes again. Like you're so either like unaware of the situations happening. Like I'm not pulling guys away from your stage. And also like, are you, are you that threatened that you're going to lose one guy from your stage? Who's not even throwing money up at you. Um, I think, yeah, new girls just need to know it's a, to not step on toes of like veteran dancers. And I just heard from a bunch of other girls who are good hustlers in the club and have been there for a while. They feel the same way about her. So if she's listening, my advice would be you to, you know, um, know your place and make some apologies perhaps so you can make some friends because I know she had already been banned from the club once. Um, but yeah, and it, it almost makes me sad. Like you're that, um, it comes across as insecurity. Um, but yeah, so shout out to you. Um, not your biggest fan, but, uh, maybe if you make amends, you could get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's me being kind of bitter about stuff today. Also, maybe because my throat's killing me and I'm just being extra bitchy, but yeah. So I got a lot of questions um, coming in, so we're just going to go through those. What do we have here? So the first one goes as follows. Hmm, maybe I'll get flack for this, but I always want to date a beautiful woman. Subjectively and objectively, secure, independent, loving, honest, respect for the man she chooses, real as fuck, and freaky. Most I find are strippers. Why is this? I don't know. A law of attraction? I don't know. The last post got me hooked on your page. There's enough negative image for men and women these days to last centuries. Keep doing the work you do. Hashtag just just another manly fan. (laughs) So not a question, but a comment, and I love it. Thank you. I love to have male fans. Obviously, that's my whole job. But I love to have male friends that are supporting work that supports sex workers. So welcome to the group of sex workers and allies. And um, 
I don't think you get flack for wanting to date a beautiful woman who's secure and independent and loving and honest. And like I've mentioned before, I think a lot of strippers um, have those qualities and it takes a certain thing in a woman to succeed in this industry. And a lot of it is a compassionate heart, a level-headed, business-savvy, a strong entrepreneur. And a lot of us, like, I'd say majority, totally respect the relationships we are in. And um, I know I said before, more so than square women. So I don't think uh, you're off base to say those qualities you're searching for, you find in a lot of strippers. I would agree. So uh, thanks for being a fan. Another manly fan. (laughs) Uh, Second question. That makes me feel so sad about the toonies being heated up. That's atrocious. It kind of leads me to wonder about my worries in sex work, as in the dark side of it, where, you, where you're abused and mistreated. Is it often that something that is, or is it something that is exaggerated in the media, or is it rare? So she's referring to um, a story I told about in Fort Mac, the toonie tosses in Alberta, and that guys will sometimes heat them up with lighters and then throw them at the girls to burn them. That is a one-off. It doesn't happen often. Um, I can't speak on what's happening right now because I'm not in an area where toonie tosses happen anymore. But the media definitely exaggerates the negative aspects of sex works and downplays the positives. That is without a doubt. And no, it's just like any other job. It's what you make of it for um, safety-wise. I know Jack the Stripper who's an amazing, amazing Canadian stripper. Uh, she has a dope fucking Instagram page. I highly recommend you check it out. But um, yeah, Jack the Stripper talked about it in one of her books called The Beaver Show about it being like an ocean and there being an undertow. And if you stay above the, the water and above the waves and you kind of do your job, you take it seriously, you're safe. It's when you start to dive too deep into things, whether it looks like drugs or, you know, not taking your safety seriously or doing out calls and not knowing someone or, you know, all that stuff, then it starts to get more dangerous. Then you're kind of going into the undercurrent and, and all that. So with any job, with anything in life, if you're smart about it, you'll be safe. If you're naive and dumb, then yes, it's more dangerous. But it's in, in my career of seven years, I can't think of a time that I have felt threatened at work. Um, the only time I can think of was from another dancer, uh, never from a client of mine, whether that's been my one-on-one clients, my regulars, randoms at the strip club, randoms at Stegs. Um, I personally have never felt that my personal safety is at risk. But I also still do things to secure my safety. You know, I have my partner drive me to my gigs. I have my location set on. I do background checks and I vet people. Um, So I just think it's always better safe than sorry. And I do listen to my gut. If someone's telling me I don't want to meet this person, I don't want to go for a dance with this guy, then I I listen to that. Um, But no, to answer your question, yes, I do believe the media exaggerates it for the purpose of making sex work look less appealing. Um... And it feeds into the whole, like, you know, uh, dead hooker jokes and and all that bullshit. Um, Number three, are there ever sugar baby relationships that don't include sex? A thousand percent. There are. And that's one of the things that me and Bianca talked about was that, you know, there are platonic sugar daddy relationships. You know, for me, like, I seek out men that just want companionship, that want someone to go for lunch with, and want someone to go for do activities with, that want to share time with a pretty woman who can carry a conversation, 
and in return, they help you financially. There, That is completely possible. It's not extremely easy to find, keep in mind. There is a lot of sifting through you'll have to do and vetting clients. And even that, like you might be limited in how long that relationship will last. You know, I found that the case to be, I'll find guys who are okay with a platonic, non-sexual sugar daddy relationship, but it usually doesn't last too long. Um, they usually get to a point where they want things to advance to a certain stage that wasn't in the original agreement, and then you just cut them off. So definitely is possible, and it's possible for a, a long-term non-sexual relationship. There is. Um, they're just a little more few and far between. Next one. Hey, girl. I love the podcast. I dance at Brandy's, and I'm looking to get into sugar babying. Do you have any beginner tips other than you mentioned on the podcast. And also, do you have a rough estimate of what you think people should charge for each kind of visit? I don't want to lowball and take away from the value of the industry. So before I answer, I appreciate what you said about uh, not lowballing and how that impacts others in the industry. One, for yourself to know your own value. But when you sell for less, it forces other girls to sell for less. It makes it harder for girls to sell for their value. So I appreciate that you pointed that out. Um, for sugar babying, I would recommend Bianca's, uh, episode cause it just goes more depth. My recommendation would be yet yeah, to try on seeking arrangements and, um, be really clear with what you want. If you don't want, you know, a sexual relationship, you know, include that you're looking for companionship and include what your expectations are and what they can expect. But I do warn you, it, it's a lot of work to find someone you have to, really go through a lot of fucking duds and maybe a lot of first dates, but I would also recommend do not do first dates for free. Don't do first coffees for free. Um, you know, everything you provide should be like given money for. That's the whole point of it. And I would also recommend always getting your money first. When I meet a guy, I say, you know, I'm going to put my purse on the, um, on the chair between us or the ground and I'd like you to put the money in as soon as we sit down and then I can carry on with the date and I don't have to worry about that and we can just focus on getting to know one another. And if they argue that, which they usually don't, but if they do, I'll say, well, here's the thing. This is kind of a business transaction and we had an agreement that I would come and spend this lunch with you and you would pay me. I've already shown up and I'm spending lunch with you. I've already done my side of the deal. So now you just need to pay me and we can carry on. Um, and if they're arguing that, then I would just, you know, for me, someone who's going to argue the agreement that we've already set, I'm, it's not worth my energy. So they've already kind of weeded themselves out. It's a, it's a write-off for me. Um, but yeah, always make sure you get your money first. There's nothing worse than you, you know, bringing your, your best, sitting there laughing, smiling, you know, saying all the right things. And then this guy gets up and leaves. And you're sitting there wasting an hour feeding someone's ego. And they, they just played you. Um, so definitely get your money first. Look like your photos. Uh, prepare that the men aren't probably going to look like their photos. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, yeah, uh, if you have more questions, like specific questions, of course, reach out to me. I love answering questions. I would love to help you. I'm also going to be doing that coursework and getting that up and running. So I'll have an online course for you guys to um, sign into and learn more and take notes and um, have a better idea than just me kind of trying to quickly give you answers over the podcast or in my dms and just go give more thorough um thorough information and uh regarding prices 
I, I'm not one to tell someone what they should charge because I think everyone has their own value, but my prices. So I go for a coffee for about $200 and I'll go for a lunch around $400, $500. And then a dinner will be around $600 to $800. And you know, those can vary depending on what the person looks like. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be um, lying to you. If he's an attractive man, I usually charge him a little less. If I enjoy his company, I'll charge him a little less. If um, the date goes longer, I'll charge him more. If it's during the daytime, I charge him less than the nighttime because the nighttime I could do another job and make more money. So um, all those things kind of factor into to my personal prices. But, you know, um, your prices are your prices. I think mine are pretty standard. I know some girls will go for a lunch just to get a free lunch. And um, that's when it really fucks with the industry. Um, but I would recommend, you know, try, try the prices I listed and if they work for you, hit me up, let me know. And honestly too, like for every, you know, 90 fucking guys that say no to those prices, you might get the one that does. And then you didn't have to kind of, uh, change what you were comfortable with. So if you're not hard for cash and you're okay you know, waiting it out, then sugar babying is perfect for you. It's when you start to do it because it's your only source of income and you're struggling, then you start to kind of shift what you're comfortable with. And, and then I think it gets a little um, dangerous for yourself, for your physical self, because you might start, stop vetting people, but it also might be more dangerous for your own mental health and what you're okay with and what you're letting slide. Um, so that'd be my advice. Okay. So the next question Hey girl, how is it? Okay, so this is so random and odd, so here we go. First off, I used to think, what the fuck are you doing with yourself? But now, after listening to your first podcast, I'm like, okay girl, you do you. It gave me a better understanding. So I'm sorry for the judgment, even the ones you weren't, you didn't know. And also, I'm looking for some advice. I'm not a very sexual person, and now being married for almost eight years, any tricks of the trade would do you have to share? What do men want, lol? I'm sorry, this is so awkward. First off, no, it's not awkward at all. I don't think talking about sex is awkward. It's probably the thing I'm the least awkward talking about. So she, sorry, she went on to say, this is the sexy part is gone. It just seems like it's more of one thing more to do on our list. I totally get that. Um, so first, like no need to apologize. Um, everyone has their opinion and you, people don't have to agree with what I do with my job. And that's, that's totally fine. But I do love that you gave the podcast a chance and you listened with um, an open mind and that you were receptive to it and that it's awesome that it made you look at it a different way. So thank you for that. Thank you for tuning in and, and being responsive to it. That's awesome. No need to apologize for judging me. Um, we all judge people. That's just how life is. But I'm glad that it kind of changed your views on things and opened your eyes a bit. So one of the first things I would say is like, have you asked your husband, have you talked to him and are you guys comfortable with saying to one another, like, Hey babe, like what is something you'd like us to try in the bedroom? Um, and also like share your fantasies with him. If I think that's kind of like the foundation of a good sex life with a husband, a lover, a friend, whatever it is, is being comfortable with just saying to each other, like, Hey, like, let's talk about our sex life. And, um, that shouldn't be an awkward thing. It should be the one person that you're totally comfortable doing that with. So definitely like work on that, being able to speak with one another about your sex life. And then once you can get to that stage, ask each other, you know, what are some things you want to try? Here are some things I want to try. And yeah, I can tell you a list of things that, um, men in my past have liked, but they aren't your husband. 
hopefully. So (laughs) just kidding. So, um, you know, what works for the men I've been with might not work for your husband. And everyone is so unique. It's just like every woman is so unique. Like some like clitoral stimulation, some like, um, some can't can't clitoral stimulation at all. Some like nipple play, some don't. Right. So just like women are unique, men are extremely unique. Um, I am, that being said, going to make my next episode a how-to. So how to give a good blowjob, how to take anal good, how do you, uh, you know, wear sexy lingerie and pull it off. Um, that's going to be my episode, what are we on right now? Episode 9, so that's going to be episode 11. So definitely tune into that episode. But more with what you're saying, um, find out what you like sexually. Um and that maybe that means you watching porn and taking some notes when you see something that you want to try and then telling your husband about it and giving it a go. Or even like for me, like it might not be porn, but if I'm watching like a romantic scene or a sexy scene in a show and he'll grab the girl a certain way, I'm like, oh, again, I can feel like my pussy pulse. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I, that did something for me, like watching that. Like I think I you know, I want to try it, see if it does it for me if I'm in the, in the situation. Um, so yeah, just kind of keep your eyes open and see how your body reacts or your mind reacts to certain things and definitely throw on some porn and see if something you like, something you don't like, take note on that, talk to your husband about it. Um, and then like another thing would be, and this is totally from my own experience and I'm not trying to impose anything on you. I, I know I, I haven't met, I haven't seen you in probably 10 years, so I can't speak on a place of, of knowing you, especially not sexually. And I certainly don't know your husband, but for me, when sex in a relationship has becoming more stale, it's, um, there's kind of other things in the relationship that have also, um, grown stale. So, and then I start to feel like we're just kind of roommates who fuck. So I would recommend, you know, getting out and trying new things outside the bedroom too. Kind of spicing up your life outside as well. So trying a new hobby together, maybe going away for the weekend to somewhere you want to try and you haven't been to, you know, um, I know you have some children, so maybe get a babysitter and just have a date night in the city, you know, spicing other areas of your life up will also translate into the bedroom as well, ideally. Um, and then personally, like for me, like it doesn't need to be sexual things that turn you on that make you want your partner for like for myself, when I watch my boyfriend play soccer, um, because he's really good at it, that makes me fucking horny. Like it just, it just revs me up. I just want to fuck him the minute he gets off the field. Um, so you never know what, what things might turn you on that aren't in themselves sexual, but you appreciate. So maybe it's even like watching him, how good he is with your children. And you watch them on their play date, and then you're like, okay, you know what? Fuck this. We need to get a babysitter right the fuck now. I need that dick in me. You know? So maybe just trying to look at look at your life in a more um, sexual way and seeing how your body responds to things, seeing how your mind responds to things. And honestly, like, just talk with him. You know, I can tell you a million and one things to do to a man to get him off. But that's not your husband. And maybe, you know, maybe your husband hates blowjobs, you know? So me telling you how to give a good blowjob isn't going to work for you. So definitely communicate with each other. And you know what? Even just maybe talking about sex with each other might get you going. You never know. So I hope that helps. I, I totally get sex being stale in relationship. Even for sex workers, it happens to all of us. I've had stale sex in my relationships before. And it's not an awkward thing to ask. It's it's awesome that you did. It's awesome that you got yourself out of your comfort zone and threw that message in my way. I appreciate it. And I really, really hope 
um, you see some improvement in that area. And um, that's something I've said has struck with you and it works. And definitely message me back and let me know. And I, I look forward to hearing that you are getting like fucked proper. <laughs> um, what else we have? We have another question here. And it goes, So lately I've been working my ass off, but the money hasn't been flowing in for me. A lot of times I see other girls easily getting one or more hours in VIP, and I'm still struggling to even get a 30 minute. Am I choosing the wrong times to talk, sorry, the wrong tees to talk to, or is it maybe just how I conversate? I wouldn't think it would be the conversation because I listen to how the all big money girls talk and I semi copy it in my own way. I'm just understanding why it's so hard for me to make big money, but so easy for another girl to make $10,000. Okay. So what you're asking for is like, how do you sell time? And I haven't worked in a club that sells time in four years. Um, except the one I worked in New York full time and the night, every night I work, I, so I sell, I sell, I sold <laughs> clearly I'm about ready for bed. I sold, um, a VIP room and VIP rooms are awesome. I totally wish my home club had selling time because it's such a great way to make money. You're common on like $10,000. I don't know where you're from, but um, I don't know many girls that can make $10,000 at the clubs out here. The most I've made is uh, $5,200 in a night, and that was working um, on a boat party for a few hours. So for me, money is definitely more easy to obtain outside the club than in the club, but that also may be... Um, in part because my club doesn't sell time. So it's just straight dances and they take 40% of my income. But that's a whole nother thing. So just some quick um, phrases I would use is, um, so I'd say for only, and then insert how amount it is. So say it's the club I was at in New York, it was $500 for half an hour. So I say, so for only $500, we could be a little more private or intimate, or we could, you could have me all to yourself. Uh, making it sound enjoyable for them and including that term only, only makes it sound like it's a very little amount of money. Even though it's not $500 for half an hour is quite a bit of money saying, well, it's only $500 and then you get to have, you know, all this and whatever cheesy line you want to use. It makes it a lot more tantalizing to them. That's one of the phrases I use a lot. Also, if it's nearing the end of the night and you're having, you know, an hour, 45 minutes, half an hour left that's a great time to sell dances one or sell time and dances because one guys are drunk as fuck. It's perfect. And now they're getting all horny. They've been watching girls all night. Now they want to get their dancing before the club closes. So near the end of the night, I would say something like, why don't we spend our last, you know, half an hour alone together? You know, cause then as soon as you include that word last, it's like, they're reminding like, Oh, they better jump on it. Now the, the opportunity will pass. So why don't we spend our last 30 minutes together alone? or 30 minutes enjoying me, or 30 minutes in privacy, or 30 minutes being intimate together. Whatever phrase, you know, works for you. Um, I would also <clears throat> say things like, you know, and this works for you when selling a dance or a VIP, saying, you know, a VIP, like private time with me is obviously more fun than sitting with a bunch of your dudes. Because they kind of like, it's, it's setting them up, they have to agree with you. No guy's going to be like, no, I like my dudes better than pussy. So, like, you're kind of le- a leading question, right? So you're saying, you know, well, isn't, like, spending time with my naked body better than these guys? And you can say, you know, change whatever version of that you want. But it, it makes them have to say yes. And if they're saying yes, then there's no reason they're going to say no to dance or VIP. 
Um, and then my last one I would say, and I know these are all super cheesy lines and even me when I say them, I'm like, Oh, in my head, but you know what? Like one cheesy line might make me a lot of money. So I will say it. Um, I'd also say, no, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm even more fun naked. And this is after you've kind of put in a little bit of time talking to them. So you get them laughing, get them having fun with you again, not spending too much time with them and time is money. But if you see potential, spend, you know, five minutes with them, probably max, 10 minutes max. And then you have the end after laughing and stuff and be like, I know, like, um, I know I'm so fun, but if you can imagine, I'm even more fun naked. I'm even more fun in a private room. Um, something to that kind of, um, that meaning. And, and of course, all these things, you know, there's variations to them and, and curtail to how, they, how it works for you. But um, those are kind of my top... Um, top four phrases I would use to try to get a VIP dance. I mean, sorry, a, um, a VIP room. Um, but yeah, and then find one that works for you and, and then stick to it. And, and like you said, you, you, you try to use the verbiage that other girls are using and, and making it your own. And that's definitely what you should do. What I say may not work for someone else, but, um, that's just kind of a quick crash course in trying to sell time. And, um, Definitely, like I mentioned before, I'm going to be doing that course. I mean, getting all that stuff out. Ideally, this week I'm going to work on it, and then I'll hopefully have it up within on the website within like the next month. So I would also recommend you checking back in once that course is ready. And I'm selling time is one of the things I'm going to focus on in the course. So I definitely think you would be interested in that. Um, what else? I feel like that's kind of all I want to run through today was just a recapping in New York and then answering all your questions. Um, it is Wednesday, October 9th. You'll be listening to this. Is it? Am I lying? What day are we on? Yeah. Wednesday, October 9th. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So I'm recording this on uh tuesday october 8th because i am taking off to winnipeg tomorrow god help me uh no so my boyfriend got an amazing job opportunity and part of his training is in winnipeg for nine weeks so i haven't seen him for two because he left while i was in new york flying out there with my little bentley tomorrow and um i'm gonna try working out there there's a couple clubs I've heard really positive things about, and I've been in contact with the managers, and I already have a spot at one club, so I'm going to try it. I will let you all know how it goes. I hope it's extremely lucrative. I know it's extremely fucking cold out there. Not excited about that, but um, that's where I'll be off to next, sadly, but we'll see. I hope it's good. I'm sure it will be, and Bentley and me will be freezing our fucking asses off. And, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for today, so enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, always, of course, throw me some messages, DMs, likes, follows, all that shit. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, message me. Um, my email is 50plusatip at gmail.com. My Instagram handle is 50plusatip. I always welcome Instagram messages. Ask me questions. I love answering them. Um, leave me comments. I love reading them. Um, just talk to me. <laughs> I get lonely. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. So I hope you have a fabulous week and happy hoeing.